Have you been diving deep into health and nutrition and want to learn more? Up for a chat, Sidney O'Meara and the Functional Nutrition Academy present to you the Intro to Nutrition course. This 10-week introductory program is the perfect kickstarter to help you gain knowledge, get empowered and develop a healthy relationship with food. To find out more and to get access to one of the world's leaders in nutrition, go to www.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash nutrition. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Sit back, light the fire, kick your shoes off, because it's time for That Paleo Show with your favorite caveman, Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Brett Hill, and this week I'm joined by Michelle Kennedy. Uh, she has a career spanning 20 years in juvenile detention, rehab, and in the care school system. Plus, she's done lots of professional development in the trauma and its impact on mental health and physical well-being, and it motivated her to want to do something bigger than what she's been doing. She was fed up with hearing all the same stories, the same presentations, and feeling like she couldn't do enough in the short time she had with those she was trying to help. She saw that they needed a low-stress environment, some good food, light, water, correct sleep, connection with nature, and exercise and natural movement as well as relaxation. So her dream was to build something that people could afford, and so she did. I'm fascinated to hear more about this journey and more about this story. Welcome to the show, Michelle Kennedy. Uh, Thank you, Brett, and uh, hi, everybody. Michelle, it sounds like a fascinating journey you've been on and, and an amazing thing that you have created. So let's start right from the start. What was it that made you get into the career that you're in? Uh, look, I wanted to be a teacher from the time I was eight years old and I basically did that until I was 40, working in rehab, working with ju- in juvenile justice uh, or with, with young people and young people uh, in care but still trying to attend mainstream school. I suppose my, my journey started a little bit before that. Um, while I was teaching, I was a usual person and I, I, I had to find paleo before anything really started to click in for me. I, I guess when I was 27, I, I discovered the Atkins diet and I lost 15 kilos in what seemed like minutes. Uh, however, that wasn't very well sustained. I'd fall off the wagon spectacularly for quite a while, uh, probably some emotional eating there, but anyway. Uh, well, I was involved in some some online forums. I think online forums are, are great for, to keeping people on track. Whenever I was involved in forums, I stayed on track better. And at one stage I was discussing my daughter who had some cognitive issues. Uh, she was diagnosed with global developmental delay, um, which is just basically – development of delays in nearly all areas. And a, a low-carb forum member you know, was reading my post and she pipped in, you know, it could be diet-related. Have you tried getting her off gluten? And I did that and her life changed. Her, her warmth to me as a parent changed. Her, her emotional uh, abilities changed. She stopped wetting the bed um, and she was just a completely different child. I started to re- learn a little bit more about paleo. Uh, I've devoured podcasts uh, quite a lot, uh, particularly yours. I cut my teeth on yours, which is fantastic. Those first 12, first 12 are part of the program here. Uh, and I, I, I did, you know, 
heart around to lots of podcasts. So <laughs> liked a bit of Jack Cruise every now and again and a bit of Bulletproof Radio um, and discovered a f- lots of authors through podcasting and just dig a bit deeper. And I have to say that currently my obsession is Found My Fitness with Dr. Rhonda Patrick. She's just brilliant. And alongside this, I was teaching. So started um, just teaching art in primary school in low socioeconomic areas and progressed to working with young people who were you know, in pretty serious trouble. I started seeing their parents in rehab when I worked in rehab for a little while and I just started seeing the same patterns. My focus was on childhood trauma and trauma and how it affects or how it can affect behaviour and brain development and also just in how it is totally linked to all sorts of neurological and mental health conditions like borderline personality disorder, anxiety, depression, ADHD. It's so implicated you know, by previous traumas. So, um, I mean, you summed up what my program is <laughs> in a few minutes, which is pretty incredible. But uh, as uh, in the last five years, I've, I've really dreamed on incorporating a paleo protocol that is all about lifestyle to facilitate people's own recovery. One of the things that I get a bit upset about, I guess, is that there's not really any places for people that don't have uh, any income. You know, they've been born to poor parents, which is you know sometimes part of their issue that these things do uh, pattern in generations. And what have they got? You know, they either present at emergency uh, and go to a psych ward where they're there for maybe two days, three days, and then they're packed off with a prescription and they'll come back in a couple of weeks later when things start to fall apart or they forget to take their medication or they don't take their medication or they don't like their medication for you know, lots of reasons. What are those what do those people do? And when you work with their children and then you see their children having children at 14 or 15, it's just painful. It's absolutely painful. So I had to sort of combine all of the understanding that I have regarding trauma, addiction and lifestyle and child development all into this nice tidy package that uh, people can, only a small number of people, of course, can access it's such a great program and it's such an amazing program because it really is touching on some stuff that seems to be so lacking in what can be such a disjointed system. You know, we have such a system that's so reductionist in its approach that it really wants to focus in on, you know, a particular condition or a particular symptom and, and try and find a, a fix for that and a, you know, a, a solution for that. And, you know, in a, in a crisis, that can be a really important thing and it can be a really useful thing for people. Um, and I'm not in any way denigrating the system or the people that work within it because they do amazing work. Uh, but but it, it does seem sometimes to be such a reductionist approach that we miss out on sitting back and looking at the whole picture and perhaps getting the results and the maybe longer-term solutions that we may be able to get by looking at the whole picture. Um, you know, why do you think the system is as it is and, and what are the challenges you see with the current system? Well, I guess the system is completely overworked. And it also operates generally from nine to five, which, you know, I'm not really a big fan of shift work, but as in how it impacts the people's health. 
it basically it uh, people who are working work from nine to five, and a lot of people they would have huge gains in lifestyle support if they've got a lot more wraparound service that does take care of uh, providing. Well, basically, what we do is provide a low stress. Uh, prescription. So it's all low stress food, lots of water, low stress light. Uh, we need to make sure that we incorporate new people into the program quite slowly. Can't just put eight people in on one day and expect them all to gel. You need one person in, get them right. Another person in, get them right. So our system is completely different. The yeah, the nine to five system is really difficult, and the fact that uh, in terms of anyone who's really trying to focus on their health, most people do that at the shops. They go, right, I'm not going to buy that. Or they go shopping and they, when they're hungry and they buy everything. <laughs> uh, and no one stops them from going to a drive through window and getting their food every day. So there, it's just isn't, there's just nothing like it unless you've got friends or family that really, really focus on, on supporting people with uh, mental health issues. And not not really acute issues. Crisis care needs to happen for those people. But when people aren't showering, they're not getting up, they're sleeping all day, it really comes down to the people who are in their immediate environment to make it quite a very much a full-time job in getting that person to do all of those basic things. So what we offer here, it's nothing is particularly high-tech. It's all the basic stuff that people need support with um, anyone who has had disordered sleep know that it's really hard. You get up during the, the day or the late afternoon and and you want to have a nap because you're really tired. But unless someone's keeping you upright during the day and putting proper food into you, doing all those basics, all those simple things that are actually really difficult when people are overwhelmed. There, there isn't anything like it. And I, I would really love in the future for this program to be exported for lots of lots of different groups, like professionals who need to uh, de-stress for a little while, um, uh, maybe a good corrections program that has a similar framework where it is based on health, but at the moment nothing like this exists. There's a few things, like rehab's pretty good, but what about the people who don't have addiction issues, the ones that are just crippled by anxiety? And mm. there would be there would be listeners that you have right now who are working on anxiety. It's Absolutely. quite prevalent, quite Absolutely. prevalent. And, you know, one of the challenges it seems to me is that, you know, the sort of program you're talking about is quite an intensive program and I guess, uh, you know, relatively maybe a more expensive way of doing things up front uh, but it seems to me that long term, you know, if we can really start to resolve some of these issues rather than have so many people in that real crisis care phase, that it may actually be something that could save us money in the long term if we took that slightly longer term approach. Do you think that's the case, Michelle? Oh, absolutely. Now, there, I mean, people can go off to really nice resorts absolutely. if they've got addiction issues or personal issues, pay massive amounts of money, like 50 grand for three months. Um, and, and do all of this and then they leave and they go back to their lives and usually they do okay. But in this model, we're looking at a, a much more long-term approach, at least six months for people to even be anywhere close to get being ready to leave. Um, and at the end, they sort of need to be spending a little bit of time here 
pro- progressing themselves, working out what their new vocation might be. So a lot of people wouldn't have a vocation. They would never have done any kind of education in their entire lives. So six months is pretty much a sh- the shortest stint. Other people will be looking at longer term. However, when they're here, they're returning to the new group of people. They're giving, they're passing on all of their experience, getting their self-worth from that. I think uh, short-term programs are fantastic, but to iron in habits, everyone says it's 21 days to make a habit, uh, a good one or a bad one. <laughs> um, but I would say for people who've, who've suffered quite a lot in their in their youth, and that also sometimes compounds throughout their issues as adults and their relationships and then their relationships with their kids. That's months and months and months. It's a life. It's a lifelong journey. So anyone who does come here, even if they leave after six months, three years go by and their dad dies, and a whole lot of stuff surfaces. They might need to come back, and they're able to come back as long as I'm not full to the brim. <laughs> so. Um, well, if I, yeah, go on, yes. No, it, it's an amazing program and, and it's amazing service that you're giving to people. And, um, you know, I, I was thinking about uh, about people who've been in this situation and I guess one of the challenges that they can have sometimes is in wanting to live a healthy life. You know, uh, some of these people have, uh, you know, spent their time, as you have, learning and researching about the impact of food and diet and exercise and and sometimes when you're in that stress situation, you can take it too far as well. And so sometimes that can lead into disordered eating um, and disordered exercising and, and those sort of things as well. And so it can be a really tricky balance. Um, and sometimes one of the challenges people will have in this situation is that they want to eat healthy food, um, but they're not necessarily supported in doing that by their practitioners because their practitioners immediately see that as disordered eating or are worried that it will progress to disordered eating or disordered exercising. So there's a really fine balance to be found there between um, you know, being conscious of those wellness lifestyles but not taking it too far. Um, how do you go about managing that fine balance? Well, you introduce a little bit of cheese or a little bit of grain somewhere and people actually they do reflect on how that made them feel. So recently we had someone on board and they were here three weeks and we were making like a, a bolognese sort of dish and she said, oh, it really needs some cheese. And I went, oh, okay, you can, you can put some cheese on there, you know, that's okay. We can, we can bend the rules every now and again. And the next day her sinus issues were back. So it's about saying, yeah, you can actually change things. So you can actually introduce other things as uh, after time, but you might just have to deal with a few consequences, which is uh, allows people the freedom of saying, okay, well, I'm going to have ice cream. Okay, my sinuses are going to flare up tomorrow, and I'm going to, know, but I'm going to know why. Mm. Uh, I mean, I'm completely. I, I live some, have some flexibility in my eating. I think it's really important too. I mean, quite a few years back, probably well over a decade, I think I was certainly way too dogmatic in uh, you know, my carb phobia, <laughs> and and I had to learn from that. I mean, understanding addiction, it's not just drugs and alcohol. It's very much, you know, things like distraction and your phone and uh, having imbalance in your life where you obsess over one thing or another, whether it's Candy Crush. You know, I think most people would have a friend who is 
<laughs> totally addicted to some to some online game, and um, you know, I myself had uh, had a level of addiction to a ridiculous Facebook game, and I basically was using it to stop myself from going forward. This is a really big undertaking, terribly scary. Yeah. And I had this awesome, comfortable job. So for me to break out of that, I needed to put down any kind of addictions and say, right, I'm going to need all my time for this. So I've, I've come from a, a, a place where I do understand um, addiction based on the clients that I've worked with, but also being able to relay it to myself and certainly to people around me. So people do need to be challenged. Yeah. Uh, one of our one of our pamphlets, we, you know, we I say, expect conflict. <laughs> it's not going to be, it's not going to be an easy road. You're going, you know, people are going to be in a in a space sharing a house with people that come from completely different backgrounds that have different presentations. They need to work out how to resolve conflict appropriately, and a lot of people don't have those skills. So for an hour every day, we do. Um, it's, it's group. We use we call it group, and it's learning about trauma. It's learning about how to behave, how to resolve conflict, um, how to speak, when to not respond to a text message can be something quite simple, as well as organising what food's going to be done for the week and what needs to be put on the shopping list and what tasks need to be done and who's going to do those tasks. And if someone's not pulling their weight in terms of they're not able to see things that need to be done around the place, giving them support and feedback, Construct, constructive feedback. So it's not like a and, – and teaching people how to receive feedback as well that's supportive as opposed to um, they instantly think that they're being attacked. So teaching people how to do that correctly is it's quite a delicate task. It's fun. It's fun. It's the it's the, the, de- the hour that I would work the most. Yeah, and you're reminding me of a book I read actually, which was called The Addictive Personality, which was by a guy called Craig Nacken, I think it was, and uh, it was fascinating. It was a really fascinating read, just in how how and why we do addictions, and, and you know that level of sort of I guess control we're looking for in our lives, and and kind of really opened me up to see the way. Uh, so see, I guess how much more uh, prevalent that sort of approach is in people in society than you realise. You know, you do typically just think of the kind of drugs and alcohol and maybe food, uh, but actually that that kind of uh, that level of wanting to control something can impact on many people in many different ways in their lives. It was, it was really a fascinating read. Oh, I'll get you to um, send me that name again, and I'll have a look. I'll look that up. I'll send it to you. It was, it was a, it was a really Add cool that to book. the library over here. Yeah, it was a really cool book. I've actually it's in the library in my practice because most of the books that I read do end up going there, and uh, and it's a fascinating book. And I know a couple of people in my practice who've read it have really gotten a lot out of it as well. Um, hmm. I, I'm also curious about uh, how uh, practitioners are responding to your program. Uh, once again, I I find that sometimes you know. There can be conflicting opinions on on how we need to go about treating these sort of conditions and whether, in fact, diet does make a difference, things like that. Um, how have you found the people who are coming to, to do your program, their practitioners are, are dealing with that and understanding that and, and to what degree are they on board with that? Yeah, 
Yeah. yeah, the practitioners in this area uh, where we are um, are pretty supportive. If anyone is keen to give up drugs and alcohol and uh, be willing to undertake um, nicotine patches to get them off uh, cigarettes, they're, they're relatively supportive of all of that. And, uh, I mean, there's lots of practitioners now who would love to prescribe exercise, proper sleep, good food, drinking water instead of coke. Uh, however, they know that compliance is really low and that's why prescriptions, I think, pop out a, a little bit quicker. And, if you know, if someone's not going to be able to comply with all of that, and they generally can't. Uh, so, yeah, the practitioners in the area have been relatively supportive because they see that there's going to be – there's changes made and it's it's food. It's pretty – it's it's fairly low-level clinical stuff. No one's going to say, oh, well, I think you're having a few too many vegetables. I'm a bit concerned about that. Um, and I, I'm certainly having lots of conversations. And because I attend uh, medical appointments uh, with people and help them get – mental health care players because they still need to have um, contact with the psych. Some people don't have contact with the psych. They don't have a mental health care plan because that's just one of the things that they've got to try to organise. You can barely organise getting dressed in the morning because you're so overwhelmed and fearful of leaving the house. You don't organise a mental health care plan. So uh, they're, they're fairly happy. The people who I'm working with, pretty happy. And I've got a, a couple of naturopaths. Um, that are quite helpful as well in terms of assisting with um, supplements. It's mostly you know, magnesium, zinc, D3, Bs, omega-3. It's That's almost blanket for everybody. Uh, however, some people might get tryptophan or GABA or whatever else, like whatever the naturopath actually recommends is also provided here within reason. It's a pretty, it's a pretty budget operation. Uh, if you're after, you know, quite expensive uh, vitamin B injections every week, that's probably not, not going to be able to be afforded because it is a very, very low cost option. Because the staffing here is, um, well, the, the the place runs on the people as opposed to, um, you know, cooks and cleaners and everybody like that. So this is this is a budget and a budget option. Uh, the cost, which I might as well go into now, is within the sentient benefit for long-term people. Those who do want to, um, you know, who, who still have their lives mostly together and aren't completely hitting, hitting rock bottom, they might still have a job. They might go, right, I need four weeks off. I've got to start working on this, otherwise I'm going to slide. They need to pay a little bit more because they are using the resource that they won't be providing. And that's the experience of the people on board that know exactly how to make mayonnaise and uh, know how many vegetables we need in the salad and understand bone broth and they do all the education. So anyone who is looking to come for a shorter stay does need to um, pay a little bit more because that first four weeks is is pretty intensive for everybody. Anyway, well, I think that's so- did I answer the question? <laughs> yeah, you have answered the question. And look, I understand that uh, you know the location of your uh, of your venue is is kept private for obvious reasons for you know for discretion of people who are going through this process. But can you tell us a little bit about the setup that you've got there and what it kind of what the environment is and the I don't know bedding situation and what it, you know what it looks like on a day to day basis when you're when you're there. 
Uh, well, on um, the website there is quite a lot of photographs, uh, and there's you know about a thousand photos of salad. Um, and there's also a link to a GoFundMe video where I walk from one property to the other, um, talking basically to myself, and it's a pretty embarrassing uh, <laughs> GoFundMe video that, that was appealing to people to donate money so then every woman who comes here can have a menstrual cup. Um, but basically I bought my house, and it's in this beautiful old stone house, 120 years old, in a beautiful old stone area where everything's nearly 120 years old. And there's lots of veggie patches and water tanks and there's a big art shed over here. So I started here and about 14 months ago and decided to get this place ready. And I, and I realised quite quickly that there was no way I was going to not have my own home and space, even though I probably would have done it. Um, and I afforded to get the a house that was adjoining mine as well. There's plenty of properties available with, um, in this this particular town, uh, and, and really quite affordable and beautiful. All old, really old stone homes on massive pieces of land that all have yeah they all have water tanks, so which is really good. Um, so I basically uh, wear a path from my back from my back garden to the other house. There's uh, four bedrooms, five bedrooms, sorry, and a yoga studio. Uh, there is one bathroom. The focus is on women. However, I am at this stage not basing any decisions on gender. Uh, but understandably, if you have women who have suffered domestic violence, uh, popping any old bloke into the mix is just, you just can't do that. Uh, and I myself am a, am a parent of a ten-year-old daughter, so you know any. I'm really not looking at um, at blokes at this stage. However, there is gender fluidity, and a lot of people who um, have gone through quite a bit in their childhood. There's a an increase in people who do present uh, with with some gender stuff going on. So I can't draw the lines down like rock solid down the middle for, you know, boys Boys are on the out and women are on the in. Um, so, and all of the rooms are doubled up, so two people per room. If uh, you're trying to operate this on a budget, that's where um, you can increase you can increase capacity and therefore spend more money on food. I mean, historically, 100 years ago, people used to spend up to 60% of their income on food now we all spend 60% of our income on a mortgage um, and food we just get whatever's cheap and on special. So as a, as a group we want to have, you know, really, really good quality food and that takes, that's, that means, you know, we, we share bedrooms so we can have better food. Um, there is a separate yoga studio which is just uh, at the corner of the property so on the, the two properties, my property is a 1,000 square metres, so that's big enough and it's got nice little courtyards, lots of sheds, and the other property is 1,800 square metres. It is in a town um, and people are income managed. So if someone does come and they have um, and their issue is alcohol, they can trot off down the road to the pub if that's what they want, but everyone who comes here has made the commitment to themselves that they do want to make changes. So, um, 
you might be handing over your ability to pay for my, pay for stuff at the pub. There's no cash on this property at all because uh, while some people might um, be quite okay with um, you know having access to their money, other people might not, and they'll think, well, look, if I just sneak this two dollars fifty, I can go get a master. And people, you know, this is not a jail. People are here, the fences, there's not big fences or anything like that to keep people in. Um, people do make do make an acknowledgement that they do want to make changes and that makes a big difference. But we do support them in when they're having those first couple of weeks that we hobble them at a level. You know, it's hard to get here. You can't just chop down the road and um, jump on a bus you might. I think there's one on Sunday or Saturday. <laughs> uh, and by the time you get to there, and you've got to book it online. So good luck with that. Uh, we do have um, access to computers and uh, education, but the other, the, the main property does not have Wi-Fi. We really want to limit um, people's exposure to that world that actually gives them quite a lot of stress. So... Because, you know, Facebook's quite stressful, just the light and the content and the fact that, you know, your friends are all out doing fantastic things. I mean, they're probably deeply lonely that they're taking photographs of, of their cocktails out, out wherever they are. Um, so we want to limit that level of stress for people. And as, as uh, they progress in the program, they access more education and therefore they do need to access computers. And they might have the right to check in on Facebook, say hi to people. You know, people do need to still make phone calls to their loved ones and make sure that their loved ones are okay. But, you know, certain people might not be on their contact list. You know, if you've got issues with your mother and your mother has been guilting you for most of your life, she's possibly not the person you need to be contacting when you're really trying to recover at first. But eventually you will need to, you know, have access to those people that do give you stress so you can learn about your stress. Anyway, hope that answers your question. It does, Michelle. It does. It's a fascinating program. It's amazing the work that you're doing. It is so needed um, and it's such a mammoth task that you're taking on but it's, you know, I feel like you're kind of like that story about the, the starfish that have been washed up on the shore that, you know, you can't save all of them but you can just one at a time throw them back in the water and, and I feel like that's what you're doing. Uh, so, Absolute kudos to you on an amazing program that you've set up, an amazing job you're doing. Um, people who want to find out more about you can go to the website, which is Naturally Optimized Wellness, and that's optimized with a Z. Um, yeah, crazy. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they can find out all the information they need to know about this incredible program. Uh, thank you so much for coming on board today. It's been an absolute yeah. privilege to have you on. Yeah, we do have an Instagram account as well, cool. Naturally Optimized Wellness, as well as a Facebook page. Perfect. And the Facebook page, I often post uh, things for the wider community. It's not just about um, what's going on here. It's just to inform people about all the stuff that you talk about all the time uh, on on this platform, you know, food, water, sleep, gardening, Beautiful. bone broth. <laughs> Cheers. Oh, thank you very much for, for having me on. It's been a blast. Thank you so much, Michelle. Great to have you on board. So, for everyone else, until next week, join the conversation on Facebook. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Join our newsletter list at thatpaleoshow.com and let's help grow the paleo tribe worldwide. Join us next week on That Paleo Show. 
This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.